why not do something here on our doorstep, make a difference here. It's no good planting more trees in the Amazon to offset things that are happening here in the UK. of Spotlight with Daryl Taylor from Co-Treatment. A really interesting episode this one. Uh, Daryl's business is really a non-for-profit and it's looking at trying to reduce the impact of climate change on a local basis. Give this a watch, great initiative and an easy way for you to give up some time or a small amount of money to make a difference to climate change in your local area. I worked abroad when I came back to the UK I wanted to do something and get involved in other things outside of work and I started off being a governor at a primary school, so I was a parent governor, and that went on through being um, a co-opted governor, then vice chair, and then I chaired for a few years. And I had a, a plan to get out of that at one point in time, kind of enough with it was enough. Um, and I was looking for something else to do. And I, I think like a lot of people always dream about when I win the lottery, I would do this, I would give money to this, I would do this, I would do that. And a lot of the time I always used to think I'd do something charitable, I'd like to you know, help these people or do this good cause. But it sort of dawned on me that I was coming out of governors. I had, I've always been really driven, and I've always had this. Like everybody, I want to do something good for people. But I don't need to win the lottery to do that. I don't need the money side of things. And then I sort of had this idea and, and got some mentoring, a little bit like what you're saying, really. You're doing something to give back and to help people and to help promote them and sort from your corporate social responsibility side of things. And there was a company that really supported me in the same way to get this off the ground and get it moving. But it's never been from the point of view as this is going to be something that I can pay the mortgage with and I can get rich off. It's always going to be something that costs me a lot more than I put in. But if the end result of that is that there's a whole field of trees and then another one and another one, and I'd like to, I can't envisage loads of little woodlands here, there and everywhere that people can go and enjoy and walk around, but all of those trees are doing something good. Then I'm leaving something far better than anything else for my kids and for the future generations. And that's what I want this to be. The, the nine to five pays the bills, and this is about something beyond that that does something good for everyone. I was cynical. I, I always, can't, because it was like um, the greenhouse effect, and then it was global warming, and now it's climate change. And throughout all of these times, I remember seeing on the news, you know, the sea levels are going to rise, and the Maldives are going to be flooded, yeah, and, yeah, you know. Turtles are going to die. Yeah, and it was all doom and gloom, and then it didn't happen. So I think for a while, there, there was maybe like, an understandable reason why people were didn't buy into it completely because so much of the news stories and I think a lot of the studies might have been valid studies that if this happens then that if this happens then that but the news never said that if this happens they just went straight to the the then that then the worst case scenario they never said that you know if we don't change if something doesn't happen if cars carry on producing emissions at this rate so all these shock headlines and being younger and reading them I didn't read the, the you know the core parts of the story and I didn't look deeper the news didn't help me understand properly. So I did the open uni for years and it was all kind of um, physics and natural studies and things like that. And I learned a lot more about it there and the carbon cycle. And like you said, trees capture carbon and that's how they grow. They are just a big carbon yeah. store. And when you cut them down, put, turn them into logs and burn them, all it of that carbon just goes yeah. off tenfold and the yeah. same way you can pay for and all the other things. So yeah, the perfect the planet. pull that back in is plant more trees. It's not one solution for everything and it's maybe like a short or medium term thing because in the long term we need cleaner energy, cleaner yeah. vehicles, cleaner electricity and things. But do you know between now and when we get that clean power and infrastructure to support it, all we can do is offset and offsetting is going to be through planting trees, through pulling water out of the yeah. ground, through pulling carbon out of the air yeah. and storing it in, in, in nature. And frankly, 
like our site that we've got where we're planting trees at the moment, the amount of birds and the amount of wildlife and we've got badgers and you see examples of where there have been foxes in the fields and it's quite a nice thing to do from that point of view in general. Yeah. We are making a nice little habitat. We're doing something good and nature's thriving on our little, on our, on our, we've got um, just over a hectare at the moment. So it's really nice. A lot of the time businesses have premises, they have land. I mean, somebody must own this site and they're maintaining the trees and you're going to get storm damage and things like that. And where people don't want to take that responsibility themselves and directly plant trees here or wherever they're based, like where I used to work, we would have trees go down, we would have storm damage. We used to have um, tree surgeons coming in and trying to prop up some trees and then you know cut down other trees where they weren't able to save them. Then what we're doing is providing a service where we can replant those trees off-site for businesses so that then they don't need to worry about the headache on their particular site. They don't need to worry about paying people to come in and maintain it all the time. They can say, look, our trees have been damaged. They're not able to be Know, save so we're going to remove that tree we're going to replant one or two or three that way their their sustainability their environmental footprint stays neutral they've not sort of taken away from nature if you like they've actually put something back but put something back in a place where somebody else will look after it somebody else will maintain it if it does fall down in a storm somebody else will replant it for them and it, it's guaranteed whereas a lot of companies that offer planting schemes the trees aren't guaranteed in fact some of the companies don't even guarantee that the trees go in the ground, in the soil. They distribute trees to things like, um, you know, beavers or scouts or rainbows or schools, and they'll send a you know, number of trees, but there's no follow-up to make sure those trees went in the ground. And they lived. The, you just don't know. Uh, you, know you, you know, did they, were they planted? Did they live? Did they survive? Were they planted properly? You know, all of ours are dipped in a root grow before they go in the ground to give them the best chance. We planted around about a thousand trees before we had um, a drought last year. And a, when you plant trees for the first two years, it's a drought that will kill them. After that, they get a little bit more hard and durable and, and robust. But for those first two years, and we had a, we had a drought you know, around May time in 2020, and just after we May, June, I can't remember exactly. May. And we were um, taking big IBT containers, you know, the bulk um, one-ton containers. Yeah and driving them over and watering the trees. And, and it sounds crazy, but we were filling them up, driving them to the land, and then friends and family were helping water every single tree. And a thousand trees, 1,250 trees by the time we were done, it's a lot to, oh, yeah, to yeah. water. And what? we were doing it multiple times yeah, just yeah, to yeah. make sure that, because we have a commitment to our customers that the trees are going to be there in 20 years time. And if they're not, then I have to make sure that they're replanted yeah. each time. So I don't want to replant all the trees because of the drought. I had to get water to them. It is a funny thing to get into. I mean, trees, they're not the most exciting thing. You know, we're not talking about Formula One or, or you know, jet planes or something. It, it's trees. But I, it's so sad. So, you know, when you've, because I was never into gardening or being green fingered or anything like that. This is something that I've kind of come into and is new to me. But when I go to the land and I see the trees and we planted them and when we planted them, they were this high. And now they're you know about 1.4 meters or as tall as my kids. And when again you put them in the ground, they're bare root trees, so there's no leaves, there's no anything. They you just you're planting a twig. Yeah, it's a twig. Yeah, yeah. and and when, when it is, you're really proud to see when they do grow and they flourish and you know they look really healthy. People that run businesses know it's not the money. It can't be the money that drives you. It can't be you or anyone. It just can't be the money because eventually it might come, but. The, between the start and then, you are going to be worse off throughout. I'm really target driven, I'm competitive, I'm target driven and I need a goal and then I'll shoot for that goal. So 
in my private life, you know, I've climbed Kilimanjaro, oh, I climbed uh, Mount Elbrus on my own, I did that solo from scratch. Um, you know, I did it the first time I tried Elbrus, I failed, I went back and did it again because I am driven, but I'm, I'm determined if I fail, then you stand up and you do it again. You learn, you take your lessons, don't you? And that's the same whether it's business or something personal you do. Before that, I raced motorbikes for 10 years, so I've always been really competitive. And right now, it's getting this business to work is what's driving me, is what, that, that's the goal, you know. And, and it will work because there isn't, there's no, fair is not an option. And the same as Elvis, if it doesn't work, if I, if I fail, then I'll just come back and do it again and make it work the next time. But because I think one of the things that maybe stops people from starting businesses is they're worried that, that it will fail and what people will say or what people will think, yeah. and, you know, like, oh, this guy failed. I, but I never experienced any of that because everybody that I told was really supportive. And everybody, I like friends want you to succeed. I, you know, if they don't want you to succeed, they're not a friend in the first place. So friends really, they, they do care and they'll put the money where the mouth is. And the amount of people that said to me, hey, Daryl, as soon as you've got land sorted, whenever you're planting, let me know, I'll be there and I'll plant with you. And I don't think, I can't think of anyone that didn't say that, to be honest. And because of COVID, it was really difficult to get people to help planting at the point in time we were doing that. So, but in the future, the amount of offers and not just that, through the governor stuff at the school, the school have said, hey, can we come over? We could do some forest schools, we can get the kids planting. And for me, like that's just win-win. It's it's the social side of thing, the, the, the support in the community. But at the same time, there are, there are armies of people out there who, if you ask, they'll do it just because A, they want to help you as a person and B, because it's something good. I don't think there's any issue in, in kind of, what is it, mobilising the troops to do something good like this. People will just do it. They'll do it because it's the right thing to do. Some of the other companies that plant, they, they plant in Scotland or they'll say, you know, um, one, one that I read about, they plant out in Vietnam or they'll plant out in South America oh, yeah. where, you know, labour's cheap. And especially if you plant, I plant only native species to the UK, but if you plant bamboo, actually, it absorbs more Loads, carbon. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Um, but what I find is over here, we generate carbon here. We're not doing it in Vietnam or South America. And I, I'm all for planting everywhere, so don't take that the wrong way. But we should be doing something on our doorstep. And if these vehicles out here that are driving around, their emissions are there. So we should have tree as close yeah. to here yeah, as possible. Yeah, 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 so that's yeah, kind totally. of what makes our business. We need to be cleaner where we are. Exactly. Yeah. That's what makes us unique is none of our trees are being planted anywhere but here. I'm here for the East Midlands, for Derby, Nottingham, Leicester primarily. You know, they're the three counties that are closest to where we're planting. And the idea is that if for the local businesses in our area, your carbon footprint is here on your doorstep. You know, I, on the way here, I drove past the power station. So I know where we all get our electricity from. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you know, why not be, why not do something here on our doorstep, make a difference here. It's no good planting more trees in the Amazon to offset things that are happening here in the UK, because our carbon doesn't magic itself over there. And maybe on the global scale, it's all making a, a positive impact, however, if you want to do it more sensibly, more logically, you would you would absorb close to the source, right? And that's what I'm I'm trying to do. And that's our one of our unique things is to absorb that carbon where it's created rather than in distant places here, there and everywhere. I think you're right, COVID has it's changed so much for how much how you're aware of your environment. And yeah, I don't know about you, I've got a couple of kids, so I've been working from home constantly. So and I've you know, as I remember my dad went to work and he worked long hours and stuff. So you know, I, I came from a normal family background, but my dad wasn't around as much because he was at work, because he worked long hours and stuff. Whereas we're in a really privileged time because of COVID in the sense that we've all been able to spend so much more time with our families. And when the tears have allowed, that has been, you know, you go around your local area, you're not able to travel big distances. Nobody's going off to work. So you go into the local park, you go into the local countryside 
And you, I think everybody's a lot more aware of the importance of having nice spaces, having nice places to go, being out in the countryside and seeing it look in the right way and, and having walks in nature to go and experience. We are making sure that as we plan, there are walks around the woods. And there's a public footpath that goes directly along the side. So when we have finished planting in that field, there'll be just a path that goes all around the woodland. And we've even got a couple of memorial trees in there already with benches Perfect. and plaques and stuff. So, you know, for people that are planted memorial trees, they can access the land, they can go along, they can have a quiet moment with, you know, the little one that they don't have anymore. But for everybody, you can just go and walk your dog around and, and enjoy it. And hopefully for those people that are living near that particular area, they can go and enjoy our little plot of land. The, the one thing that I have to pay real close attention to is, you know, not every tree survives. Um, I, I wish they did. I'd be kidding myself though. And it actually, is, I've seen real differences in the way I plant versus the, the survival rates. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and like the slope and the drainage yeah. and each spot to change so across the land. Yeah. in three different areas of the, the field already. And to begin with, we were planting using an auger, um, a handheld one to, to dig the hole always polish the, the edges as they go in so we had to really make an effort to make sure that once the the bare root tree was in you know we packed it with soil we've done the root grow everything's good but the roots need to be strong enough to go through that sort of polish wall from the August. so we've had to learn there from a point of view of land from a point of view of planting from a point of view of absolutely everything it's been a massive learning curve what i learned is nothing goes to plan yeah, at all you know yeah. you have to start off with plans you have to have an idea you have to know what you're going to do and i had all of these steps and everything was going to be slick and and you know nothing nothing went nothing was slick but adapt isn't it you know you just have to roll the punches and make it work i've got an idea and i'm putting it into practice and pushing it forward but it is all those businesses that say yep i'm going to do something i'm going to offset my emissions they're doing something for the environment in that grand scale and they're doing their um, environmental policy and their corporate social responsibility and they're ticking the boxes from that point of view but really what they're doing is they're making a, a real physical tangible place that people can go and enjoy and it's almost from a business point of view that's completely forgotten about and ignored you know nobody is thinking i want to make something great for a local community they're all thinking you know i've got this many kilograms of carbon through the vehicle fleet you know my electricity bill is this and no one's thinking actually a byproduct of, of that is this beautiful place that in 10, 15 years is yeah. going to be magnificent. Yeah. And, and hopefully lots of them. It's nice to see them go from yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. tiny to here, but you're right, to actually walk through a woodland where all of the canopies are above yeah. your head. And, and you know, not that you're ducking and having to dive to get through, but comfortably so you can walk and you can have a real nice, you know, we, we do that you know, with kids, you go for a walk yeah, 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 all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be really nice. But like I say, to probably 10, 15 years before they get to that kind of a height and that fully established and really nice. And it's a wood. It's a full-on yep. like wood, which yep. people would be able to go like, yep. and walk their dog yep. forever. Yep. Absolutely, with little benches here and there. It's gonna be really yeah. beautiful. So that completes this episode of Spotlight With. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe, and we'll see you really soon for some more episodes.